0: What's up, baby? What up, baby? Heart attack jack. Welcome to the podcast, buddy.
1: It's an honor to be here, man. Standing in the footsteps of giants. Uh, I mean, like, for those expecting the usual visit from the commish, longtime listeners, like my apologies, but we got heart attack, heart attack jack in the mix tonight. Um Pardon this service interruption, but we're doing good. You know, uh, we're loving life. It's uh, about what, like twenty degrees in Chicago right now, and snowy as hell. That's kind of warm, like, bro. It's not bad, You know, you know it's, it's 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 a dry it's a dry cold, if I might say so myself. Like the wind is died down. Like hasn't been too bad for the last couple hours. Like cold is cold, as long as you don't got wind. Like if you're a longtime Midwesterner, like me. Like you, I know you're got you got Chicago roots too. It's manageable, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean twenty's not too bad. I thought. I mean, the range on the blizzard, for those that don't know, was uh, potentially two inches and up to twenty inches in the Chicago area, uh, which is just quite the range. One and then two I'm glad to hear it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, you know, well, uh, every other school district in the state closed down today, but Chicago public schools stayed out, so I was in work, um, as were all the, shout out, Chicago public school teachers, uh, we all showed up today,
0: um, but yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's Midwestern lifestyle. Damn, Santi, you killing it out there, bro. Not even 20 degrees in a blizzard, bro, dude, I'm good. No biggie. Nah, bro. I've, I've been through negative negative forty 40-degree wind chill my first year
1: here. What was that? 2013. Uh, man, that was the worst, worst winter I've ever had here. But fortunately, it was my first one. So, you know, you go – like, you start out with that as your first one. Everyone after that becomes easy, right?
0: That's true. That's very true. And I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it's negative 40. That's quite the uh, – that's – damn damn yeah that's uh that's was like, like Siberia break, uh, that's like the breaking North Pole I knew like 12 different kids
1: at Loyola who transferred that year from that winter alone damn bro Did you see La Salera at all out there uh you know not as often anymore um but uh I heard here he's at DePaul right now getting his master's um but uh oh, shout out to he? him too because uh We love graduate education, and uh, uh, he's also a fellow educator as well. So uh, shout out Luke Asselier if you're listening.
0: Damn, dude, doing it for the kids. You got to love that. (laughs) It's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. Exactly. Um, But all right, Shanti, we'll get into it. Nice little intro there. I mean, you're crushing it. We appreciate you for joining us. And so we'll take you from the dry cold to the dry heat, baby. The land of Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun. The Phoenix Suns, specifically. Heart Attack Jack. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns. One, did we love that we extended to our 11-game win streak to 11 games? First, the Brooklyn Nets with James Harden and Kyrie. Sure, no KD, but, I mean, it's a, it is what it is. You know, is Kyrie even going to be able to play at home this year? You know, real questions require sometimes legitimate answers. Jack that's real
1: man that's real um, you know Kyrie I I'll, I'll wait a minute on Kyrie I want to I want to start with the greatness first which is the Phoenix Suns extending their uh, beautiful win streak to 11 games again uh, our, I want to say this is you can fact check me on this one this is a, our second time bro- broaching 10 plus uh, streak uh, this season alone but um, you know we got D book dropping 35 points Bridges showing out with 27, um, which I want to say, again, season track, or, uh, I mean, uh, fact check me on this one, but I want to think that was a season high for him. Um, But hey, we have one of the most dynamic scorers in the game right now, with (laughs) D-Book, Devin Booker, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, coupled (laughs) with one of the best passers in, like, I would say NBA history, like, in the NBA now, even, but, like... Point God. and Yeah. Point God, you said it, you you heard it here first on the DHB, Chris Paul, two of them alone, D-Book and Chris Paul would make a formidable offense, honestly, but like, that's the thing about what's so incredible at this, about this Suns team this year, like you can't key in on one or two guys when you're playing them, like if people try to just really press in on their defense on CP or Booker, you've got options, you got Aiton on the low post, you got Crowder who can open up on those baseline threes which like drive me crazy sometimes because I know he takes them so liberally but like when he hits them and when he gets hot he gets hot um and then of course where would we be without none other than um Bridges who was like to say that Bridges is a number four option for us like that statement alone should bolster the argument that we have one of the one of the if not the deepest rosters in the NBA like like if Bridges
0: is your fourth option on a starting lineup and then I you mean can and, look at our bench and you could argue so, he's actually the fifth because Cam Johnson this year I mean who's better I was, I was gonna say Cam that, that was my next that was my next <laughs> segue man. but like like fair fair enough like he
1: could even be fighting for Uh, Mikael Bridges' status, too, as, like, the next, like, big thing. Um, Cam Johnson has been an absolute stud filling in for the injuries lately. I mean, like, if you can be putting up 10, 20 points on the bench on a regular night, like, not even as a starter, like, you're going somewhere, especially on an up-and-coming team like the Suns, where you got competition in minutes from Booker and other, like, a really talented other court of folks he's competing with.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, what's crazy to me is, like, the Sons are still winning. And just in 2022 alone, like, Aiton's missed nine games. Crowder's mixed, missed six. Payne's missed three. I think even a few – you could probably add a couple to this. This is a four-day-old stat here. Javel's missed four of those games. Cam Johnson's missed three of those games. And the Suns, like, have one loss all of 2022. And I think, yep. you know, I think eight might be a double-digit losses, But it just doesn't matter. You know, it's just bottom line is, like, the team wins no matter what. I mean, and at this point, it's, like, it's only regular season competition. Like you said, like, you don't get the – she don't get, the like, the fully healthy Nets. But the thing is, is, like, yeah, KD is definitely a difference maker. But the Nets have their own situation there with Kyrie. So like they, you know, they're only really a two star team at this moment. So we basically got them fully healthy and, yeah. you know, we're not even fully healthy ourselves. So I'll take it. I'll take the win streak. 41 and nine is the best Suns record ever to start the season. And shout out Monty Williams, shout out Monty Williams. And, you know, do you like the fact that he's coaching team LeBron or how do you, I mean, I saw some spite written in the group me by that. And I appreciate that. So the only
1: thing I don't like about Monty Williams coaching team LeBron is that the team is called team LeBron. I love that that man is representing the best players in the best division of NBA basketball right now. And arguably in the last four years and continue. I, I, I stand by the fact that the West will continue to dominate the NBA for
0: years to come after this. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. I I will say, I you know, a few things. Let's start here, though. Um, what did you think? TNT comments. I don't know if you saw the full broadcast there, but immediately after the Suns win, you know, they go through the Suns highlights real quick. Then they hit the Golden State Warriors highlights, you know, who had the – Great comeback versus Spurs last night. Didn't have anybody playing for them. Can't believe they won. Lost some money on that. The yeah. quote, quote, "It's your crown until somebody else takes it." I think this year it's Golden States until somebody else takes it. One of the TNT panelists immediately after the Suns, aka the defending Western Conference champions, beat Brooklyn. Like, D. What's what do you feel about this lack of respect for the Phoenix Suns? Do you First of all, it? I want names. I want to know Do you like the fact that you can still that. dunk on people even though they don't respect us? Like, where do, where do you stand? Especially because you're in Chicago, you're close to the home of the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sure you got some Bucks fans around there. I mean, the Bulls are heat on heat right now, but yeah,
1: man, it's it's uh, it's rough, especially working in the school system. You got a lot of uh, wide variety of fandom among like NBA um allegiances um I would say like if I had to like make like a a graph of like who like the highest percentages of like fandom among my students who I talk to because like obviously like we talk about NBA a lot because like we're both very passionate about it uh, I would say most of like my students their favorite teams are Lakers and Warriors which is unfortunate but like really makes sense. Yeah, man. Oh. I, got, I got a bunch of LeBron stands and a bunch of Steph stands um oh. among my students. Groach, dude. No home loyalty there? No, bro. I mean, like they, they say they like the Bulls, but I think they're gonna like probably end up liking the Bulls a little more now that they're actually on the up and up, now that they actually have a roster and some legitimate talent. But like um a lot of it's like I don't want to say bandwagon, but it seems like a little bit of bandwagon. Um, But of course, like, like you got these kids who like the Lakers, not because they like the Lakers, but because they love LeBron and like the Warriors, because not because they like the Warriors, they love Steph and uh, Clay, but like, um, one of my favorite stories to tell in regards to like, figuratively dunking on folk, hate on the Suns. So last year during the playoffs, I was working in an eighth grade classroom, and I had this student who like he and I had a really great like thing. Like he and I would, he would always be like in my like tutoring sessions. Um, He was one of the smartest kids in class, but like we would always talk smack to each other about like Lakers versus Suns. And then of course, during the playoffs, when we met the Lakers and absolutely smacked them, the next Monday I came back into school, I sent him a little email no, 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 subject line, no content, just a slide, a single slide of as many photos as I could find of LeBron James crying. Which, like, if you were to Google LeBron James crying, like anybody who's listening right now, you're gonna get an absolutely ridiculous amount of results, and it's hilarious. And I put as many as I could in like a single slide of like a Google PowerPoint and sent it to him, and he opened it, like, middle of class, and, like, all of a sudden just started blowing up my chat, like, how could you do this to me, like, like, you did me dirty, like, it was all on good fun, of course, but, like, he was, he did, his reaction was so funny, and I just was laughing my ass off, because we were in Google Classroom, like, as a group, so, like, you could just see me reading the email with my camera on in the middle of this class, of like, 30 students just busting up, because it, hurt him so bad like in like the most fun way because it was all in good fun of
0: course but
1: um, yeah i mean he know, did like, cry
0: it's not that big of a deal you know he's not old a big enough deal though, to talk bro. shit and cry a little bit you know and we're yeah. teaching we're teaching life lessons here that's what it's about exactly we're teaching life shit, lessons sometimes you get talk shit back to you you know yeah and you better Stay win humble. otherwise it's... you lose yeah exactly sir I love Life that, dude. I love lessons. that you're, like, smacking kids down in class. Man, dude, that's <laughs> savage. That is Bro, so if they savage.
1: can roast me, I can roast them. That, is my, that has been my rule since day one. Maybe day two, because day one, I just got roasted like no other. And I'm like, all right, if they can do this to me, I can roast it to them. Or I can roast them. And of course, that's how I really won them over. That's what every teacher or every student wants from their
0: teacher, right? Somebody will give it right back to them couldn't have said it better myself dude i love that (laughs) i absolutely love that so not too many bucks fans though that kind of surprises me to be honest i feel like Giannis would go deep in the the um
1: not among the students but like among my coworkers, i definitely have people who are like milwaukee transplants um like i remember last year um another guy in like my like the kind of like team of folks i worked with who like had my same position of like supervising other people um he was from Milwaukee and like every time we'd have like a virtual like team meeting, he and I would always exchange like riffs about the Bucks and the Suns. And um, like, I remember like finally when we got, when we uh, lost in the finals to the Bucks, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like we lost to one of the next best greats of this game who we're going to be talking about to deck for decades to come. Yeah, so, like, I'm not mad about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, if you listen to Alec, if you go back and listen to Alex rants on that, I mean, it's not like they were calling (laughs) fouls against Giannis, but they were calling a lot of fouls for Giannis. So, you know, there's only really so many ways to defend that type of officiating, you know? Yeah, man. At the end of the day, but we'll move off of Alex Rant since he's not (laughs) quite here. Um, We'll see if he can join us today. Stuck in a club meeting. Unfortunately, you know, med school kids, freaking nerds, dude. Can't hang. Um, but, yeah, dude. Deep, do, do, do you feel like Devin Booker gets enough respect in this league, though, for how good he is? I mean, he gets snubbed in the All Star. CP3 gets snubbed in the All Star. And these are potentially two MVP candidates. You know what I mean? Like, how. Why can't they get Absolutely. any respect, Santy? Why, why can't they get I, any respect? I. Bro, it's. It's. it's tough. I mean, he's I don't dating Kendall it... Jenner, bro. I mean, not only does he have game, he's got game. You know what I mean? Like. He, He's got game on and off
1: the court, bro. Like, why does this man not have a reality television show? Why Maybe. is he not being <laughs> talked about more? Like, I see so many people get hate, like, for, like, writing these articles, comparing him to, like, a young Kobe. I don't think that's far that far off. Like, mad respect to Kobe, and it might be a little too soon to start making comparisons, but, like, I don't think it's that unreasonable. I don't think it is.
0: I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I personally am not a Kobe fan. Um. So I, but I think the comparison is like, you know, Kobe, I mean, obviously he's not Kobe yet either. You know, like no. there's definitely a thing, but I mean, he's putting up 40 point performances in the finals. I mean, he scored 70 when he was like 19. And I think yeah, me, I mean,
1: like... they even lost that game. And he still dropped 70 in like the, one of the worst years that the Suns ever had when he was like just drafted but if you're still able to like be that dominant on a team like i'm not saying he is kobe but he has as promising a start as kobe i think at this point he's in a franchise that has the potential to blow up he has this backup of both veteran power and young guns to like really help blow up his career um i hope to god that he stays at uh phoenix until like
0: the end of his streak which i hope will be decades to come but like do you feel like this is a dynasty shanty do you feel like this is a dynasty incoming like because you look at the west right i mean Suns are clearly dominating everybody um Mm -hmm. we have had a rotation of injuries i mean golden state though is golden state back i mean i guess that's like a real question but then you kind of look at the rest of the west and the jazz now have some injuries but are the jazz really like a rival, the Suns? I don't I don't know if I think so. Um, or, you know, Lakers, I mean, who knows? Lakers in the playoffs, you know, if they can get into the playoffs, you can't overlook them, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, will they get there? I guess really is a question at this point. Um, the Clippers, you know, will Kawhi be back? But Paul George is having a great season. I don't like Paul George either. Just slide that in there. Um He's back. 76ers, though. I mean, but who knows with the Ben Simmons saga? But that team's really, really good. I think we match up not that great with them personally. I think Brooklyn, you know, their East, you know, the Miami Heat, you know, tough same similar type of team has some tough players. The Bucks, obviously, I think are our rivals at, for this year going forward. If we face them again in the finals, like you know, fuck the Bucks, you know, it is what it is. Like, do you think those are our rivals? Like, who stands out to you? Like, who's really in – you know, because regular season is one thing, but at the end of the day, it's about how many titles you can win, which I guess is saying something for the Suns. But obviously, like, playoffs seem inevitable at this point. So, like, how deep is this team? Who do you see out there that could, you know, really match up with us?
1: Honestly, like, this is probably going to be one of, like, three of my hottest takes on this entire pod. Like, I think this might be the first one I've given. Those I love, so, those I love that. I first given, of all, I, let
0: me let me stop you there, Shady. I love yes, that sir. you set the tone with saying one of three. Let the listeners three. know that there's two more. I respect oh, yeah. that is got, That is A plus it. high quality podcasting right there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I got a hot take for the Suns, a hot take for the Cards and a hot take for uh, the Super Bowl bet that I just placed. So we'll get Let's to the latter of those two. But let me give you it with my first uh, official Heart Attack Jack hot take. Um, the Suns win the finals once they win the West. I don't care who we get matched up with in the East. We're beating them. We have our hardest matchups in the West. The Warriors are our only con- a true contender in the league right now. Like, yes, we can in the regular season, we can we can lose to anybody hypothetically. But when it comes to the playoff setting, especially going off of the energy that we ended with in the finals last year, Booker wants it. CP3 wants it. All those young bucks want it. Monty wants it. We're going to get it as long as we get through the Warriors. The Jazz are going to be tough. If we end up playing the Jazz again. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. It's not gonna be a sweep. But like the Warriors are our biggest team to beat
0: this year because they have been our
1: only contention.
0: Okay. You're not you're not afraid of the Sixers, you're not afraid of the Nets, you're not afraid of the Bucks round two at all. The Bucks in the playoffs are a little more intimidating. I know you're looking
1: at the Bucks numbers now and it seems so unlike how they usually have been over the last three years. Giannis is a different breed when it comes to the playoffs so i'm not going to undercut him like if it comes to a rematch that would make me nervous because i know how live wired he gets i know how much steve nasty wants it on the brooklyn nets and uh, of course you got kd who um, will whine and work uh for <laughs> for a championship um you also got harden who follows in his footsteps uh Kyrie's a mixed bag man like i i i so unpredictable these days but at the same time I can't help but like like he's gone through a lot man like any any person who can like make it through a stint being the starting point guard the Boston Celtics and dealing with like the hate that you get from Boston Celtics fans alone as the (laughs) starting point guard for the Boston Celtics like like that man's been through a lot so he's definitely a fighter but like I don't know, man. Like, I think our hardest fight is going to be in the Western Conference fight, or, uh, semis. Like, it's – it's the the Eastern versus Western finals is going to be tough, regardless who we match up with, whether it's whiny Ben Simmons and the Sixers, um, which isn't really – I hate that I led with him because that's really, like, Joel Embiid um, who's leading that team at this point. Yeah, Ben, um, ben hasn't played all season. Yeah, I I just, I can't help but associate Ben with, him, with that team, man, because that's just been pissing me off for so long. Like, I respect it. Um, that's a whole different podcast episode we can do. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I just really think that the combination of, like, our superstar power between uh, Booker as a rising star, Bridges as a young gun, and uh, Chris Paul as, like, the veteran prowess that we have on that team, mixed with the bench, and, of course, the backcourt that we have. Um, I really think that we have a chance to keep up with like some of those really hot shooting teams, like the Warriors um, making it into the finals. Like I, That could be pure optimism. I admitted to my boss today who asked me for betting advice um, on the Super Bowl because I, I led him astray on one of the Cardinals' last uh, playoff games on a bet. He lost money, but he's also made a ton of money this year based on recommendations that I've made. But I told him this week that that I have hope in the Suns um, and I would continue um, depending on them, both on a fandom level, as well as like, even if you're an impartial observer, like betting on Suns games, especially if you're doing double or triple parlays, um, it's a fun team to bet on and a dependable team to bet on. And I would say that through and through both the regular
0: season and the uh, finals or the uh, finals as well. I love that. Any best bets of the year so far on the Suns? Any things that stick out to your mind, like for the for the podcast listeners out there, like biggest hits for Suns games?
1: I've won a fair amount of bets just betting on the fact that Chris Paul is going to get a double double. Like I've done it as a parlay that I've won before. Sometimes I have it because other parts of the parlay have lost. I've done it as an individual bet and it is a dependable bet because that man puts up consistent numbers you will you can almost not almost always i don't want to like lead people astray and then get a lawsuit against the dhp for like uh false advertising or any of that <laughs> shit but like <laughs> it is a smart bet to think that chris paul or even devin booker will put up a debit a double book a double double if not any usual game that you just want to throw that out if I, I'm not saying bet that every game but like if you decide to bet on a Suns game preferably maybe if it's a network game like if it's going to be on TNT or ESPN I would put n- money down on the fact that that's going to happen because on a good given night where folks are healthy Booker and cp 3 especially they are going to put up those numbers even if it's a 10 and 10 even if it's a 35 and 12 like like it's gonna happen more often than not. It's a smart bet. You can't guarantee any bet, but it's a smart bet because it's, it has good odds.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay, so you have the Suns in the finals, right? Obviously, absolutely. Okay, And you got us? Who do you got us beating in the East? If you had to pick one, I think the 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 Bucks are going to get a low
1: seed, but then really come out. Uh, because that again like I said earlier like that's kind of their element like like Giannis likes to impress people Giannis if he's healthy can really go above and beyond for his team and then you also have a pretty good bench not even a bench but a pretty good like uh, backup force with him um, so I and I would really if I had to bet like right now if you're asking me gun to my head like I think the Bucks are going to be somehow either in the semis or in the finals. Like, if, they, if they're if they not in the finals, they've lost in the semis. And if we reach the point this summer where we have to go back to this and do a recap episode where I uh, right my
0: wrongs, I'm willing to come back to the show and do that. But I think that that could very well be a case. I love that. I love that. Okay. I mean, those were all great takes. I mean, definitely started to heat up the pod right here. So let's just get to the, you know, Suns Clutch. But I got to talk about something even more clutch. We got to talk about a circle. We got to talk about a fire pit. We got to talk about a blood sacrifice. We have to talk about heart attack Jack. um, And just, you know, walk us through what it's like, you know, to sacrifice an innocent life for a fantasy victory. And, you know, unbelievable comeback obviously, uh, against yours truly, obviously. I will not say that I'm not upset about it, because I most certainly am. Um, and so, Santy, why why don't you, one, this is your time to rub it in my face. Two, this is your time to talk <laughs> about whatever you want to do, fantasy-related. Obviously, did not capture the chip. Um, you know, pour one out. A little sad. honestly, was rooting for you. But, you know, one of the bigger victories, the most memorable victories of fantasy lore up to this moment, Santy, take it away. Of course. Um, you know, the NFL wasn't the only league to have an explosive playoff
1: this year. Um, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, um, the dockets boys, family, or fantasy league, family slash fantasy league, um, had quite an epic playoff matchup this year. Um, uh, Our gracious host is, of course, referencing um, the smallest win margin um, of that fantasy series of playoffs. Um, The biggest win margin, of course, being 10 between, I believe, I want to say it was like, um, I can't remember. There was one 10-point margin, but the smallest came down to you and me. I won on a Monday night fluke. I will admit it was a fluke uh, by a margin of 0. 0.16. Shout out Yahoo Fantasy for, do- Fantasy for doing uh, decimals for their wins because uh, I remember the one year I did ESPN Fantasy and I had to tie a game because they didn't have decimals. Um, that was probably one of the worst nights of my life. But uh, one of the best nights of my life was beating uh, our gracious host here by 0. 0.16 thanks to an absolute um egg dropped by Mr. Devante Parker in the Monday night game versus I want to say it was the Saints
0: right yeah I don't even care I don't even know
1: (laughs) (laughs) um but that was a wild tale that game alone because that whole playoff series was ridiculous again the biggest win margin being 10 um so every game was so close and all of my games thereafter were close but when I matched up with you, like the longstanding, like first place regular season uh, champ, like I was nervous. And I remember right before that game started, I had to get on a plane to fly from Phoenix to Chicago, uh, which is a long ass flight. And um, I got off the plane. The game was in like the second quarter. The woman sitting next to me was super sweet and trying to talk to me. But like I was also trying desperately to watch this game that was... Uh, the make or break to my championship berth, and uh, sure enough, the entire drive from the airport to uh, my house, um, I was just desperately watching this game, praying that every pass that Tua flew or threw was to anybody, to but, but Devonte Parker, and sure enough, that happened. Um, that was a that was a that was a sweet win, uh, definitely. One of the greatest games of that season, if I might say so myself, I'd say if it was anybody else, but I just so happened to be in that game, so it sounds like a little more of a brag. Um, I also beat the fantasy le- another fantasy legend, Jordan Bruner. Uh, shout out Jordan Bruner and God One Hundred um, by like I want to say 0. 0.8 earlier in the season. So uh, the name Heart Attack Jack is well earned, not not just given. Um, I've 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 definitely spent some painstakingly stressful Monday nights watching the game cast on my ESPN app, praying for certain players to not get another yard to eke eke out the win. And, uh, you know, um, if I'm going into, like, the recap of the season in a whole, uh, first off, with Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams, all things are possible. Um, Shout out Debo and (laughs) Devontae, the leaders of my team. Respect. Yeah, man, Debo Samuel snagged him at the end of the seventh round. Um, Pretty sure he had, like, double-digit games for all, but, like, two or three, Um, which is absolutely unexpected. Like, he was definitely a kind of a – not a high risk, but low reward, definitely, um, as, like, drafting it. But I remember immediately when I drafted him in the seventh, Jordan Bruner, again, shout-out Jordan Bruner, God100. Uh, messaged me in like the league chat and was just like, "Damn it!" Like I was le- going after him. And if you knew you stole somebody right under the palms of Jordan Bruner, that's how you know you you bagged a winner. So uh, it was a great it was a great take from him. But of course, uh, Devonte Adams uh, can go without or cannot go without recognition. Uh, I've been playing fantasy for fifteen years and um, I've always hated drafting anybody but running backs in the first round, but. This year, I landed 10th out of 12 picks, which, like, that's rough if anybody else listening has ever been in that position. And I feel like in most leagues at that point, like, your best option is either, like, a superstar caliber receiver, like Tyree Kill, I think, was the only other person taken at that point. And, of course, we had a couple of op- other options in the mix, Cooper Cup. Um, you can either get hit, something like that, an elite back, not necessarily a superstar, but, like, an elite back, like Jonathan Taylor or Joe Mixon. Or like Patrick Mahomes, if you're 12 years old, or like from KC. Like either – like those are the only two types of people who are willing to take the number one quarterback in the first round. Like I'll stand by that. Like I guess that's four hot takes, if you want to consider that one of my hot takes. But um as I many do not. Nights... I,
0: I love that take. That is facts. <laughs> also, just want to point out that this probably was the best game. I've now gone into my Yahoo app, have pulled up the game, I lost 134.8 to 134.96. The projections were 108 projected versus 111. Joe Burrow, for me, had 38 points. Josh Allen, for you, had 31 and finished the season with the number one overall ranking for fantasy. Crazy. Chase Chase Edmonds had 19 points for you, 18.7, right? Yeah, 18.7 right? That's what it says. Why does it? I don't know. It's pulling up weird. Um, and then I had A.J. Brown with 20. Damn, bro. This hurts just looking at it again, honestly. This sucks. That was <laughs> a, that was a... The big game for you. Tony Pollard freaking stole points from me all freaking season long with I Zeke Elliott. Worst first round pick maybe of all time. <laughs> that was probably one of the best parts of it though like i knew i was
1: nervous coming up against you like tony pollard versus ezekiel Elliott. ezekiel Elliott, um but uh pollard showed out man he was inconsistent but he still put up good numbers throughout the year even even on his like five or six point games he still like <coughs> led me to some victories so i i can never hate on that man um well and then you got javante
0: game... williams here
1: i mean how did you come up with these running backs bro you know, man, it's part of the trials and tribulations of drafting like <laughs> half of a running back can- handcuff. Like it's like Javante Williams was a risk, uh, Tony Pollard was a risk, Chase Edmonds was a risk because they're all part of a handcuff. They're fifty percent of a of a carry share. Um, not e- so, in some cases, not even fifty percent. There's always like a third guy who sometimes gets mixed in, like Eon Benjamin with the cards, even though that man plays like once in a blue moon, but. Javante was uh, was was a tough one. Um, like anytime you pick a, a half of a running back handcuff, like you get that low risk, high reward situation, which sometimes takes a few weeks to really wait on. It's like buying like a penny stock. Um, depending on what team you're talking about, you can get a, a low but consistently. You selling penny average. stocks, bro? I'm not. You like, bumping your chest and do. doing some.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard uh, penny bro. stocks in a long time. That's hilarious. I will say though, I'm gonna I'm gonna. You did rob me of a championship. No shame to Casey. I but I, I literally beat Bender by 44 points. And, yeah, he probably didn't set his lineup because it was the third-place game. Because that's – I mean – You would have won the championship. But say, I would have beat Casey by 20 that. points. Yeah. And so, listen, dude, I feel like we got beef. But it's okay because 2022, 2023, dude, I'm coming for you. How do you but feel about you the league? How you feeling
1: without that first-round draft pick, man? You second pick up your round. First, round first draft, of all, second a second-round round pick. pick. So okay. I don't
0: care about it um, because okay. you want to know who my second-round pick Well, first of all, also, that's a great point because freaking Travis Kelsey, of course, the game that I need him to do well in, he's can't play. And my bye, of course, when I don't need him, he goes off for like an insane yep. amount of points and just hurt so much, um, didn't even pay off, uh, which is fine. Because, honestly, like maybe because I drafted Zeke, I just think so low first-round picks. So maybe I'll just draft like my second rounder in the first round. And then, you know, Jordan's going to be – he's going to be tough to deal with next year. But, you know, I was willing to do whatever it took to win. The fantasy gods apparently did not like that. And Shanty was sent down to strike me from the playoffs. I think that's my wrap up for it. What do we think?
1: That's fair enough, man. You know, it was a like it was kinda like like I talked about how like the fi- the true finals this year it's gonna be the Western <laughs> Conference finals. Like the true finals in the Dockets Boy championship was between you and me.
0: And um,
1: you know, um That's true. I also Honestly, think that's true. Absolutely. Like
0: who even cares about that case you won? Like we had the best game. You know, it is what it is, man. Like true.
1: I also want to give a shout-out to young Ben Epstein. Um, uh, I I do really think that there's a whole episode worth having on, like, should Ben have been there? Because, like, you know, I think uh, (laughs) speaking of robberies, I think, like, the two top robberies of this past season were both your robbery in our game, but also, like, Ben being robbed of a playoff berth because, like, Casey said it himself as his team name, Ben should be here. And part of me wondered, like, should Ben have been there?
0: Uh, hey, honestly that's that's that digs that digs deep um so move, we'll move on off that i mean i love that we just got a little you know little love big year next year for the boys who do you think who do you think do you think jordan with that extra second round pick a shoe win from the championship or do you think that goes straight to his head and then he blows that pick i feel like he's gonna draft somebody who blows his knee out week three I respect
1: that like He's, he's going to use that pick by picking up somebody who's just going to absolutely obliterate
0: their kneecap or ACL. I feel like that pick's going to be I, – I love that point. I feel like that pick's going to be used for Christian McCaffrey when no one picks him for that <laughs> first round. And then Jordan's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I like us So, you know what I mean? And then exactly. he's going to get injured in the first week. And it's going to be like, there we go. I'll go and there one we we go. and say maybe he has like a
1: blow-up first week and like absolutely – kicks the ass of whoever he's playing and gets a little bit of, like, an ego from it. But then, like, week two, second down, first quarter,
0: Christian McCaffrey's knee goes, like, outside of the stadium. Oh, that well, would, that would be tough. But I, I could definitely <laughs> see that. I mean, fantasy is so unpredictable. Unlike – well, I guess just as unpredictable as, you know, let's get into it right here. You know, heck of a weekend in the real NFL. Um, Bengals beat the Chiefs. And the Rams beat the Niners. I mean, what's our takeaways? Who's gonna Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? You know, I bet for the Super Bowl differently than I bet all year. I bet in the Super Bowl
1: for like for like kind of the, I I make the crazy bets in the Super Bowl. Like I like making the high risk bets. Um, so when I give my bet, like I'm not basing this off of like like fierce analytics, like some other people like. Uh, I don't know. Let's shout out a name. Schmalek Schmans might make, um, even though he goes against everything we stand for as Cardinals fans. Picking uh, the L.A. Rams as a favorite to win, um, I have faith in Joe I Shiesty. That. I have faith in Joe Shiesty. I believe in that man. He is standing on the shoulders of giants. That is a dynasty that needs another championship. The fans are hungry. The players are hungry. So my bet, I made a parlay bet that I'm, like, you heard it here first. Bengals with the points. Like, like uh, if the Bengals lose, they're not losing by more than three. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm making that point. Like, I've seen so many people say it's going to be a blowout, the Rams. No, it's going to be a shocker. Like, people are going to be absolutely shocked. And then it's going to be a shootout too, because we got two fierce passers with two absolutely unreal receiver cores. Um, so I'm going uh, three-way parlay Bengals with four point five points over, which is uh, the over. The points are going to be forty nine point five. So I think they're going to. It's going to be a solid like twenty something versus twenty something finish, if not in the thirties. And then I guarantee you, Jamar Chase is uh, getting a touchdown. I didn't pick a specific order, but he's getting a touchdown that game. Even t- I, I,
0: I'd say two, but he's definitely getting one. I love that. No, re- <laughs> you're not going to get with that Cooper Cup TD for that extra leg on the parlay. I but made an it automatic. I made an extra bet, but I actually oh uh,
1: shit, I might have to I might have to revisit that. But um, I was thinking about adding that to it, but there was an additional option on the app that like said like Cooper Cup. Or Jamar Chase, guaranteed two hundred or two uh, two touchdowns. You could either pick two touchdowns or two hundred yards, um, but it wasn't part of the parlay. But um, I still put a bet on it. But I might have to add that to it because so that's. I think Cooper Cup is going to be a hot target that game too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, to back you up, well, to go, let's just start with the Rams Bengals matchups from my end. I mean, you look at you look at the team, right? Offense. Mm-hmm. Who's the better offense? It's the Rams. Of course. Who's the better defense? The Rams. Of course. Who probably has the better special teams? Probably the Rams because they have the better roster. You know, offensive line. Bengals don't have one, so the Rams. Defensive line, definitely the Rams. They have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and their third guy, who I'm blanking on at the moment, but is also a monster. Um, receiving core, probably a push. You know, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, um, Odell. You know, T. Higgins, T. Higgins, you know, Tyler Boyd. We'll see what the tight ends. Also, I would say push secondary. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, you know what I mean? Um, Eric Weddles, willing to put his face in other people's faces. You know, that's, Jeez. you know, I got to go ramps. Coaching. There's no way you're telling me Zach Taylor is a better coach than Sean McVett. You're just not. No. Experience. I mean, the Bengals don't have any experience. So the Rams. Then you're going star power. You know, like, who has the most stars? I mean, this Rams team is basically a George Steinbrenner Yankees team. They just signed everybody they possibly could that had a big name. That's what it feels like. And the Rams are playing at home. So, but what do the Bengals have? And I think, to your point here, the Bengals have Joe Burrow, dude. And I think that that makes this matchup very even at the end of the day. Because you know what Joe Burrow has done with Jamar Chase? Never lost a playoff game. And that, to me, is a lot. Especially when you think about the teams that are playing in college. Especially when you think about how good that LSU team was, looking back at it. I mean, that team was freaking hilariously stacked. And probably is the best college football team to ever be assembled. And obviously we'll find out in 10, 15 years from now. But just totally absurd. Um, and so I love... I love your Bengals pick. Um, I think the Bengals have a real shot. I don't know. I think if the Rams the win, I don't know, man. It's just tough, dude, because that that the the Bengals don't have an offensive line, and the Rams have the best D line. And I'm a little scared for Joe Burrow making it out of this game alive, to be completely honest. So, but then again, it's Joe Burrow. So I don't. I think the value is in either the Rams winning by more than four and a half or the win for the Bengals plus one seventy. I'm, I'm with you on the over. I think you're the way it's definitely going over my favorites for any time touchdown. Probably. You there. Santy? Go for it. You still there. I just want to make yeah. sure. No, I'm here. Not... I'm listening. No, I just, you know, I didn't know. Um, Sometimes he cuts out. You I, I, were so quiet over there. I was like, did he leave me? Or you just <laughs> totally disagree. That's totally cool. That's no, man, makes... I was letting you make your point. I'm re- I'm ready to with a rebuttal, but I wanted you to finish your uh, – No, I, I love it. And so things that stand out to me are, you know, like these alt-spread winning margins. I think if the Rams win, I think they're going to win by two touchdowns. And I think – but I, I think the Bengals, if the Bengals win, they're going to win by like within one to six points. Bengals by one to six is plus four twenty five. Rams by thirteen to eighteen is plus six hundred. I think those are both good bets. Um, coin toss bet. I mean, what a shit show that is. Anyone who bets on a (laughs) coin toss like is fucking degenerate, like me. And so I chose tails, obviously. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm with you, and it's tough. Passing TDs, I would say over for Joe Burrow of one and a half. Um, I think Pass completions I'm going with Of 24 and a half For both Burrow and Stafford I mean I think I don't know if I touched that one Unfortunately um, Passing yards I think I'm going over For both of them Joe Burrow with mm-hmm. 275 um, Matt Stafford with 280 Because they're yeah. both just, Joe Burrow's going to have to run For his life And throw like 80 yard touchdowns In my opinion Yep Um, And then you Know over under receiving yards. Um, Cooper Cup is 107 and a half. I'm looking at, I don't know if you can bet that high. I don't know if you can take that. Jamar Chase 80. I like that one. I probably hit the over on that one. T Higgins was 71. I probably hit the over on that one. Um, Odell was 66. I would probably hit the over on that one. There's a lot of good bets here. A lot of good bets. Anytime touchdown scores, I'm with you on Jamar Chase. I probably go C- Cooper Cup. I probably look at Matt Stafford with the potential QB sneak that he's already done twice in the playoffs. I hit on that for the Bucks game. Um, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't. It's hard to bet against the Rams, in my opinion. But I, I will be cheering for Cincinnati like all the way because Joey B is the man, and if anyone do it, can do it, he can. Yeah, man. I feel you like I, and you're not wrong
1: on any of like the on paper stats that you just like gave. like all of that is very real. and like i I'm willing again to do a follow-up episode if I make oh, you're co- yeah, the sure. worst be call than. and and it's and it's over. like it's like a thirty five nothing victory of Rams. But like my thing is like when I said, Super Bowl bets, like I bet differently with the Super Bowl than I do during the regular season. It's because it's the Super Bowl, man. Like, not only do you have like the paper stats, which, yes, mean a whole lot because that is what you've spent 17 weeks of the year like earning. And that's those are the numbers you've put up like through blood, sweat, and tears. But like, the Super Bowl is something that every one of these players dream about from the beginning of their football careers in Pop Warner, man. Like, like Joe Burrow won a championship in college, rightfully so. And he knew what he wanted next. Um, I think Jamar Chase has had an absolutely unreal start to his career as a professional football player um, and is lucky enough to be paired with an offense where he can flourish like that. But like, numbers aside you have to think of like it's not every year but there are so many years that we can cite in the, in the past of the Super Bowls where numbers have been irrelevant and spirit prevailed so like like you know this year has been a hard year for everybody inside and outside of the NFL but I think like um if you have the right spirit to get through it he's that team is gonna get through it um say what you will about like the emotions being involved in it. Um, if there's any like strictly facts and numbers, people listening right now, but, um, Cincinnati is hungry. Um, like I, I I give them a shout out because like I've seen how absolutely riveting the Suns fans rallying around the Suns has affected their victory and their rise to championship caliber to a championship caliber team. Um, I would argue that the Bengals have probably been waiting longer. Um, Like I know a lot of Midwesterners out here in Chicago or from Cincy uh, who have just gotten the most visceral emotional reactions from seeing this happen again. Um, So, you know, uh, it's like I said, it's the Super Bowl. Like uh, it's where miracles happen. I know it's such a cliche, but like, it's truly, it truly is like, like remember when we all thought the 16 and 0 Patriots were going to absolutely trump the New York Giants, and then what happened happened. Like, like if a miracle is going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen at the Super Bowl, and uh, it's especially going to happen if you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow behind the pocket.
0: I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that, like, to your point, like, I think our, both our points there, you know, kind of run parallel, which is that the Rams probably are the better team, but Joe Burrow won a national championship for LSU. And Jamar Chase was his wide receiver. And, you know, I mean, not to compare LSU to the Bengals, but they both had, like, similar hopes of winning the national title in their respective, like, you know, leagues, which was, like, none. Until Joey B and Jamar Chase said, what's up? And literally my favorite stat is like they they, they haven't lost a playoff game together. It's ah. obscene. That's an obscene stat. <laughs> um and so I yeah, I I love I love it, man. And I hope the Cincinnati, I mean, talk about a franchise that literally gives hope to every other franchise in the NFL just because they made it to the Super Bowl, they have no business being there. And so i ask I'll ask you a question that I asked McCain last time he was on, which is You know, taking it off like the Bengals are obviously America's team. We hate the Rams because they're the division rival. But are the Bengals Are the Bengals the team that the Cardinals should be? Because the Bengals chose their number one pick, Joe Burrow, the year after the Cardinals chose Kyler Murray. They both hire, you know, like the prodigious offensive head coach. And one team is in the Super Bowl and the other team probably had the worst way then season that you could possibly have in, like the history of the football. So what do you think of that? What do you think of that?
1: You know, man, I, I, I really, I wish that they could have been the Bengals cause they could have been, and I will say they absolutely could have been, but I'm not going to blame the reason why they're not on any individual player on that team, especially Kyler Murray. I blame where we're at as the Cardinals team right now and what we did in that atrocious example of a late season performance on the administration, on Cliff Kingsbury, on the front office. Could've, could Kyler's performance have been better? Could he have outmatched Joe Burrow's numbers? Absolutely. Absolutely. But like, he's, they're both young quarterbacks. They both have their flaws. A lot of that has to be like counteracted by like the coaching staff. Joe Burrow clearly not only has the team to flourish around, which I would say Kyler does too, because Kyler's got an amazing receiver core. But sure, the fact the fact is like Kyler struggles with his own individual like issues as a player. Like like as a fellow short king, like I acknowledge his struggles. Um, I may be biased, but I still have hope. But like he's an easy scapegoat for our late season performance. And I don't think that's at all on him alone. Um, I think we absolutely could have been the bank where the Bengals are now. Um, I think injuries hurt us in that process. Um, I think that coaching opportunities and missed opportunities absolutely affected that. Like, I think that's the top tier of like the reasons why we ended the way we did, but I I don't blame Kyler. Um, I, I think Kyler could be Joe Burrow in the next year. Um, Would you I rather think... have Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow? Kyler Murray.
0: Okay, I love that. But I need I Kyler Murray
1: to play us. differently than he's playing now. Like I need Kyler Murray to start refusing to accept. Like pre- I Cliff Kingsbury's his... terrible play calls terrible play calls i need him to embrace those quick check down throws which he should be having more of when he doesn't have options downfield instead of throwing pick sixes like he needs to he needs to work with the fact that he has a pretty good like like short route receiver core too like yeah you got d hop and aj green who can do deep route options but you have wesley and kirk as well in the slot who can do like little screens and other like underneath throws more Rondell Moore, Hurts, of course. Like, John, James yeah. Conner, Chase Edmonds. Yep. To your point, Max Williams in a year. Like shout out Max Williams. Um, like he he needs to rely more on short gains to get long drives rather than trying to pull off these miraculous like over the top throws to D Hop because like I'm sorry like he's he he's not Peyton Manning he's he can't have that kind of sight over the offensive line like those types of like uh, really tall in the pocket quarterbacks do but like as far as being like not only somebody who has to rely on shorter passes he's also got legs like we need to be running more of a power o offense where we're not relying on him just depending on to make the making these throws which more these deep throws which more often than not lead the three and outs like um we can make jamar chase plays with our receiving core but that shouldn't be what we're depending on doing every single drive we should be maybe depending on doing that and like every other drive like and i know that might be a controversial take but i'm a conservative um like coordinator when it comes to offense like i look at my madden stats that's what i do like i just like kill him with the short passes but i think that's really what kyler can do best especially with his limitations but like as many limitations as he has he also has just do you as think many he has strengths. limitations his height, like I think, his height is his limitation uh, because okay. he just struggles to go. Like my dad and I actually had like extensive conversations with, about this over winter break. Um, but like I think his height makes it really hard to throw like as deep as he wants to and as deep as Cliff expects him to. Um, but also the fact that like, of the matter, the injuries really affected the roster. Um, of course, that led us to falling behind. Um, but again, I will continue to die on the hill that our mistakes, our biggest mistakes are on the
0: shoulders of our coaching staff. Agreed. I, I actually totally agree with this take. Do you think for oh, so many ways to go with this, um, I think, let me start here. In the playoff game that you watched, did you think that, you know, obviously Kyler Murray had like the worst pick six, maybe in the history of the sport. Um, but did you think that, it was Kyler's fault that the offense wasn't moving, or do you point specifically to Cliff's play calling and the lack of getting a rhythm um, to get the offense moving just to start it off? Like, does that make sense? And which which yeah. one do you think really it is? Because obviously Kyler didn't play his best game. Like, we're not we're not on like the the Kyler self pity situation. Like he didn't play super great, but at the same time, I think what you're saying is like. Kyler's not being necessarily put in the best positions to succeed. Absolutely. Um,
1: And, like, even just down to play calling, I know I was touching on, like, roster management and things like that earlier, but um, down to play calling, absolutely. Um, That pick six was atrocious. I really think it's hard to put all of that blame on Kyler, even though he threw it. So, like, like I agree with you. Definitely no, like, pitying Kyler, but, like, he has his responsibilities in that, but, Um, Again, like I think the play calling that we were calling in that game, um, we got nervous. We wanted to really try to make up for lost time, but we should have really just taken our time and inched forward um, making those gradual small but biting passes Um, again like I'll take five to 15 yard passes (laughs) over. Uh, like attempted 20 yard 30 yard lobs any day especially when you're trying to like inch away at a lead um, with a team that's not necessarily like Tom Brady caliber as far as like if you if you give Tom Brady the ball in the same situation you know he's going to throw lobs that are more often than not going to end up either within the goal line or in the touchdown do you say um, that because but... of Kyler Murray's talent or Kyler Murray's experience so far in the NFL experience. I think he's got the okay. talent to be able to d- pull off a game like he was in with the Rams, but I think right now his experience combined with the fact that he has a coach who doesn't know how to work with him in a way that is meaningful um, is really affecting his
0: performance. I think we should keep Kyler at all costs and get rid of Cliff. Well, I think I, I you know. true to, to that I guess I have seen some things on the internet about people saying that Kyler isn't that guy. I would just like to point out to whoever that may be i don't think it's anyone in our group for any reason but that you know quarterbacks with franchise qb talent don't really just come around in any draft um you know our previous franchise quarterback was josh rosen so you know just for (laughs) you know the drafting capabilities it's not so easy to find these guys and i think to your point too like you know, you look at that second Rams game. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we didn't play well. But you know who did play well? James Conner. How did True. we get on the ball? Short, short passes, like you were saying, feeding him the ball. And to think that you are going to go up against the Rams for the third time, second time when they had Von Miller. They obviously have Aaron Donald. The other guys, Leonard Floyd, remember now. This time, I mean, our Rodney Hudson, you know, can do a good, good job against Aaron Donald. But that's one dude. Left tackle, D.J. Humphreys. He he had the most false starts in the league. Probably he's a pro bowler this year. Congrats to him. Um, but at the same time, his false start penalties leading the league, you got to realize who's in our division. It's <laughs> Vaughn Miller. It's Aaron Donald on the same team. Or Leonard Floyd. You know, that's a heck of a D-line right there. It's probably going to destroy the Bengals. Um, then you have Bosa for the Niners and that D line. And then you have the Seahawks who like, whatever, you know, it is what it is, but it's like, we've we've played tough teams all year long. And usually those edge rushers, you know, like I don't mind if he, long story short, he's our second best guy, but the other three guys are just total liabilities. And so to think that you're going to like have Kyler drop back against three elite pass rushers and just have success Without getting the ball moving, without D Hop, you know, who just is that like, fuck it, he's out there somewhere, just throw it to him guy. Like, he yeah. really is that good, which we clearly saw how much Cliff depends on D Hop for his play calling <laughs> because yeah. the offense didn't move. And considering you have guys like Zach Ertz, James Conner, Chase Sedmonds, AJ Green, for all you want to say about him, is literally a Hall of Fame wide receiver. A lot of people in the group don't love AJ Green. That's fair. I'll say I'll stand by A.J. Green. Well, but at the same time, he didn't have, like, the best season ever. Like, you would have hoped for a little bit more. But also, at the same time, like, are we really thinking that a Hall of Fame wide receiver doesn't know what he's doing on the football field? Like, that's where I feel like people in our group have, like, come to with some stuff. But I just, like, I don't stand with that. Like, I don't don't believe that a guy who's literally going into Canton doesn't know how to play the game of football and doesn't know the plays. And so, um, and then you have Anton Wesley, who, you know, had some spurts, but is he a wide receiver too? I don't know. Christian Kirk, 1,000-yard wide receiver. Do we pay him? I don't know. But then you have Zach Ertz. I mean, it's just like you have all these weapons, like, and you didn't use them. And so, like, what was that point? So, just to back you up there, um, heading into the offseason, heading into next year, like, where do you see the Cardinals going? Do you think Cliff is the right guy going forward? Obviously, it doesn't seem like the Cardinals are going to do much, you know, being a mediocre franchise and all. who don't know what it takes to win. But do you think Cliff is the guy? Like, what do you think this offseason, like, we need to do? And then also, yeah, let's start there. Like, who do you think needs to come back? You know, what do you see? You know, as an Arizona sports fan, I, I always
1: balance the line between woeful skeptic and unreasonable unreasonable (laughs) optimist um in that I when I say that I mean I always have the most begrudging opinions of like certain decisions that our coaching staffs make on various franchises but I also think that every year is going to be our or every next year is going to be our year so um in all honesty, um, I would not be upset if Cliff left. Um, I am not confident that Cliff is that guy. I think Cliff has a team that he can really make. Or that I think, and I'm not going to say he can make, but he has a championship caliber team. I don't know if he knows how to make a championship caliber team, and I don't know if our GM does either. Um, we have time and time again shown how terribly we draft, how terribly we do in the free agency. Um, we have these superstars, which is great, but at the same time now raises the question of how do we hold on to these superstars and who do we hold on to of these superstars now that cap room is becoming ever so limited. Um, especially when you well also let me have let me balance. hit you back
0: with that. Like I think that's an excellent yeah. point. But I will say, like, Cime did bring D up, Cime did bring JJ Watt, Cime did bring Chandler Jones, he's made some trades, he made nice free agent signings. Um, just to back him up a little bit. But I think that is like his only endearing quality at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and he can get
1: them. Like, absolutely. He can get those players.
0: I, I, and I will respect that um, until
1: the end of his tenure and then some, but like, my question is like, what do we do to keep them, especially after a season like this? Like what does he have to do to keep them? And can he do
0: that? Well, but can he, so JJ Watts another year, but our yep. free agents are Taylor Jones, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, James Connor, um, Chase Edmonds is a free agent. Yep. If Max you had Williams. to like pro- Max Williams, if you had to prioritize those guys, how would you how would you like go about making the team? Like, do you think James Connor is a must to come back? Do you think like, or do you think we need to tackle a running back in the draft? Like, what do you what do you see as like the biggest holes, and like who do we absolutely need to make sure is back on the team? Like, is Chandler Jones, like, do we do we desperately need him still on the team? I think Chandler Jones is that
1: guy. I, I stand by Chandler Jones. I think we need a versatile rusher like that um, who can also play <laughs> decent pad pass um, protection as well. Uh, but more nice. importantly, uh, he's an absolute edge in our rushing game, both literally and figuratively. Um, so I think he's a definite keep for us. But I'm also a firm believer that defenses win championship in any sport that we're talking about. Um, as far as offense, that's such a tough call between Connor and Edmonds. Like I'm not saying Connor or Edmonds, but like, do you keep yeah. them both? because, as like a handcuff, they play such a a unique role in that Connor's clearly the unprecedented path or the um, unprecedented power runner who like is getting more of the carries but then you have admins as a short game pass threat which can be really important especially if like Kyler really wants to up his game as like somebody who can put up numbers but with shorter passes shorter more frequent passes rather than sure. like big hurls um i'm not saying we should try to work on keeping chase Edmonds, but we should at least consider keeping a dynamic that includes connor and somebody who we can put in when connor needs a rest because
0: connor's a power well so so you somewhere. would rank connor as more important than having Edmonds, just for those two right there i'm willing to like like if somebody were to like argue me
1: on that i'm willing to hear somebody out but like right now i would say like i think connor is the better of the two okay and the the harder to replace out of the two because you can find another decent passing back if you if you either want to draft well, that you or Well you say that but Jay Simmons
0: up. did lead the league in yards per rush with 5.5. 5. I didn't know that but fair enough he was on my fantasy team. But then again James good... Conner led the league with touchdowns. So True. it's a t- it's a tough combo there. I respect that. I think personally um both those guys have to come back in my opinion depends on chase edmonds the priority in my opinion because he'll be cheaper uh and then james Conner, if he takes a good deal then you might as well because just it's not like he was your every down running back he was your power back to get the touchdowns and those in my opinion just you know a little bit different i think those guys are personally easier to find out there um, but obviously, it depends on the free agent clash at the point at that point. So that's relative. Um, what about Max Williams and Zach Ertz? Do you do you need both? Um, no. Do you think signing both and potentially signing both the running backs does that make you have to change the offense potentially, or just Zach Ertz or just Max Williams? Um, and then obviously AJ Green, I think probably won't be a Cardinal. So do you be signing Christian Kirk as well, another inside slot guy? So first off, absolutely on, um, the Christian Kirk
1: game, like, uh, sad to see AJ green go could have been so much more than it was, but, um, like you said, we still need a versatile slot option uh, option. And he's it, um, at this point, um, like shout out Wesley, but like Wesley still has a lot to prove and he's not necessarily a, uh, slot guy, if I'm not mistaken either. Um, but as far as tight ends, um, I think the only reason we have Ertz is because we lost Mac, Max Williams, so we don't need Ertz. Um, Max Williams, I said it earlier, and this is going to be probably – I think this is my third hot take, the the, the promised hot takes that I gave earlier I in this it. podcast. Uh, but uh, Max Williams is one of the most important assets on our team right now, and not enough people are talking about that. Like, You could absolutely make the argument that our biggest loss from injury season might have been J.J. Watt, and I'm willing to hear the folks who – to argue on that but like i think us losing max williams was really so much more than people give it credit to um in relation to our late season slump um like he's a young versatile guy who can Really shift seamlessly between a blocker and a receiver, um, which is right ra- not rare, but like also not super common in a tight end. So that gave us a really significant edge in regards to like faking people out of what we were doing, especially when you have an out of pocket guy like Kyler. So you can confuse a lot of maybe not not maybe not as elite as like the Rams D, but other like lower tier defenses. You can really trick somebody out in that and break big plays whether it's on the ground or in the air but um you know i really just stand by the fact that we have to make the cap room for him um like we're dealing with the front office notorious for shitting the bed in the offseason but i think like as far as like you mentioned it earlier like we want to conserve a lot of cap room if we do want to keep stars like chandler jones and james connor and chase edmonds um like Zach Ertz probably has the, i'm not sure what his like contract is right now but i'm pretty sure he's he's got a lot of money that's um uh, eating away at our budget so i have no problem dropping Zacherts and going on the max williams train as long as we invest in like his health and we hope that he can really continue to perform in this next season because i frankly think he missed um what could have been like the breakout season of his career if he didn't get injured this
0: season wow high praise for Max Williams. Ugh. max williams Okay, well we have gone almost oh we've gone over an hour officially, so I think we're gonna you know start to I have so many more questions, Santy, so we'll definitely get you back on um soon. But put me on with the commish, man. I want I want to do a tandem episode. I want to I want to go tit for tat with the two of y'all and just like really like like hash it out. I love it. No, we'll get it on. Unfortunately, I like um. Alec was busy, like I said. Otherwise, he would have been on. But we'll get we'll get you back on, Santi, for sure. Um Hell yeah. So why don't we do this? Why don't we wrap this up here um, with some final thoughts from Heart Attack Jack on his um, pod premiere? All right. What do you
1: want? What do you want to hear? What, uh, what 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 are like? I give my hot takes. What's what's your uh, well? What are, what are your part?
0: some final thoughts for the boys here? Like you know, it could be Cardinals related. It could be Suns related. Um, Keep in mind, we will hold you accountable for all things you do say. Um, And so just, you know, I I love all the hot takes, you know, I love everything you've been throwing down. So is there anything left or have you run out of points? No, man, I got, I got, um, I'll end on
1: my, my uh, favorite team in sports history, um, the Phoenix Suns. Um, But like, I just got to say, like, I know I touched on it earlier. Um, I am excited for this Renaissance that we're finding ourselves in Um, Like, I think at a time full of so much collective, like, existential dread with everything going on with COVID and um, everything else with just, like, the world right now and um, all of the shit that's so fucked up. Like, The Sun's Resurgence takes me back, frankly, to, like, the carefree days of childhood where we were watching Steve Nash. Raja Bell Sean Marion Boris DL, Mari Stoudemire, Lam- uh, Leandro Bo- uh, Barbosa and all those greats like the 2005 2007 era suns like it takes me back and reminds me of a better time so um you know 41 and 9 uh, we're at our best we had our best start of the season in franchise history and two double-digit win streaks this season so no matter what goes badly this year in every other regard like, At least we got the Suns, man. Like, that's what's giving me hope at the end of the day. Like, I believe in Devin Booker. I believe in Chris Paul. Uh, I believe in Monty Williams. And um, I think we're going to be talking in June and July at a later episode of the pod, whether that's my second or third time back on the show, uh, about a Suns finally getting the ring.
0: I love that. Jet? Heart Attack Jack has come on this pod and laid down the wood. He's thrown the gauntlet. He has created hot takes. He has made absolute rational, logical sense, in my opinion. It's been very tough as a third-party observer to disagree with anything has said, and I think it's mostly because I agree with everything he said. And so we appreciate Heart Attack Jack for joining the Dry Heat pod today. Totally echo everything he said about the Suns. Like I will say, like going after the Cardinals lost, I was really sad, and then I turned on the Suns game, I think the day after, or the day after <laughs> that even, and they just destroyed somebody, and I was like, okay, Sun season of this, boys, let's get it going, and so absolutely jacked for the Suns. Um, I don't know who can compete with us. I guess it's Golden State, but I don't really believe that. I believe it when I see it. Obviously, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry could go, like, score 60 points each if they wanted to, but... I just think the way the CP3 plays, the way Book plays, what we got in the Suns, I think it's, you know, a little bit more difficult to do that against. And so, Santi, thank you, sir. Crushed it. Of course. Thanks for having me on.
1: All I got to say is Beans Rice, Jesus Christ, and Byron Murphy Jr., baby.